Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Cal. Uh, I'm sorry, Kara. Just a second. I need to tuck in my shirt. Hold on. Just one second. Oh, you know what? Listen, tuck you. Listen to me. <laughs> Go tuck yourself. It just goes on and on and on. This Don't is tuck a story. with me. This is a story. I, this is so Scott Galloway. We should have music. What would sure be the music? I'm not sure I like that. A few people have called me and said that. But you know what? Really, this is a story that keeps growing. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> Did you just say that? Listen, first of all, let's fill the people in on why, once uh, again, we're talking about the nether uh, regions of men. You know what? I have a friend who literally saw the second person. Was Jeff Tubin. No, they have a region. I had a friend. It's a woman who had a story uh, mm-hmm. who saw it, heard it. And like, then there's a second one. And all she texted me was men. That's all she texts me. Okay, apropos of nothing, how do you think we should be dealing with workplace sexual harassment happening on Zoom? New Yorker writer and CNN analyst Jeffrey Tubin was caught exposing himself in a Zoom meeting. And then, of course, the internet exploded when we saw a video of Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, uh, lying on a bed uh, in, a, in, a, in a scene from the new Borat uh, movie coming out. where He was impersonating like- a luge driver. <laughs> okay. With his hand on the stick. Oh, I don't even know. What do you think, Scott? Here you go. This is your, like, there's two. There's if third will make it a, a you First know. off, I'm not sure I appreciate that somehow you you acknowledge I, I'm just this, wondering this is about the only tucking. this is literally the only thing you've ever acknowledged I have domain expertise in. <laughs> domain. I stone. <laughs> You're master of the domain. Yes, you are. Oh well, my god, okay. you brought so in the Seinfeld off, joke. Uh, all right, I do I don't want to say I'm qualified for this, but you just knew first off, okay, yeah. men, right? Your comment was actually quite men. insightful because when you heard about this, you just knew it was a dude, right? Well, um, hello. You just knew it was a dude. Which one? Yeah. Well, it. yes, right? Yeah, and okay. it's funny you say that you use the word sexual harassment. And when it comes to Jeffrey Tubin, I'm like, it might be no, workplace know. indecency. I'm not sure it's sexual yeah. harassment. Um, yeah. It's definitely I, unfortunate for those who had to watch. My, but go my, first, my first kind of notion was, and I was wondering if I was struck by that term, empathy, where I'm providing more sympathy empathy. to men than they deserve. Yeah. Um, uh, which, by the way, is a term I want to give correct attribution to um, uh, Kate Kate Mann. Okay. Uh, anyways, uh, I think it's a neat term, empathy. Uh, but I, I first off, I immediately thought, okay, what is the New Yorker doing? If someone, if a webcam model, they t- constantly defend sex workers, but if a webcam model broke out a New Yorker, uh, that to me, that's more like sexual workplace uh, obscenity. But the notion that it's like no, someone in their office getting caught doing that, but except well, that everyone here, here's what it at the end of the day is. We have a sudden and unexpected collision of, of work and home mm-hmm. that we weren't expecting. And no. here's the thing, okay? The, as far as I know, as far mm-hmm. as I know, the majority of men masturbate. As far as I know, mm-hmm. the majority of yeah. men who masturbate do it to some sort of visual aid. And the majority of men who masturbate with a visual aid use a computer or some sort of device. Yeah. And unfortunately, all of those things have collided at a velocity we weren't expecting with yeah. work. And uh, I just, were people traumatized? I, I feel like he's played a, pity, a pretty big I'm price for this. I'm talking about the price here, but I'm talking about like what this is like. It's just a fast, it's like, I am amazed it didn't happen. I, uh, how did sure it take it so long? Happened. Yeah, how, how did, did it, it take, take so long? long? You you had the ultimate line here, there by the grace of Zoom go we. I thought yeah. that was perfect. He is, I don't know, the Christopher Columbus of, of workplace masturbation. Okay. I don't know what All you right. want to talk so about. He let's is, combine two. Like, he right has now, broken new ground. As a matter of fact, I heard he's yeah. up for a pull, it's sir. 
I've heard he's yeah. up for a Pulitzer. Oh, my God. I could you do have all this the all morning. No, let I me could just do say, this you all say, morning. I can't believe you think it's me, and then you have 90 jokes. Let me just say. Let me just give that, <laughs> point that out to people. It's like, how this could you good. think I would know anything this about this Pulitzer? Get yeah. it? Ha, ha. Come on. You have to hand it to him. <laughs> Master of his domain. I hand think you're it being to heavy-handed. <laughs> I think you're being heavy-handed. How <laughs> long do you want to go? Seriously, about. I could do this all morning. I don't want your faux bullshit about the fact that you are not fully baked on this topic, let me just say. Fully baked. Fully baked. Fully Fully baked. baked. So anyway, you got to have your hobbies, Kara. You got to have your hobbies. Now, now Giuliani is another is another situation again caught on video. Don't just have another a different situation. A different. We need to slow this down a little bit. We need to slow roll this. What is your view on the Tubin incident? All right, the Tubin. I think it creates a new verb that I'm enjoying. Here's the deal. It's embarrassment. Um, I, it's hard to recover from these kind of embarrassments. It's like people being caught with their pants. It just, it's just, it's happened in lots of, uh, analog ways, I think. You know, mm-hmm. people being caught having sex in the work bathroom or whatever. Um, it's just that it creates, it's a Zoom situation with all your colleagues. It creates a whole mm-hmm. different, it's a whole different level of a workplace indecency embarrassment, which mm-hmm. has happened. Like, look, it just has. Um, I mean, if you live, work at a newspaper, you've heard stories of people having sex in the bathroom, this and that, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's got these things going. It's not great. Um, I'm not sure how you return to, say, the airwaves after this one. Um, you know, Hugh Grant certainly did. Uh, others did. You know what I mean? Like when he had that whole thing with the, with the prostitutes and stuff yeah. like that. So people return. It's just, now, now there's just that. It's just you're, it's but unfortunate. What do you think the appropriate response to CNN a, a and the New Yorker is? Um, I think for the other workers, it, it was the right to suspend him for a little while. Yeah, probably. It's probably you know it was he shouldn't have been having doing it uh, during a during a workplace interaction that it was bad judgment, which is what he said. Mm-hmm. It was a work. He was in the middle. If like right now you started matching, I would have a problem oh, with that. God. Like it's don't, like bad judgment. Oh. Even I'm um, a bit freaked out by that. I know, exactly. Think about it. So think about it. That's all I'm saying. So for, yeah. ev- for everyone involved, it's not great. Uh, the the Let's move to the Giuliani thing. It's a mm-hmm. really interesting, first of all, there's the Sparat movie, looks fantastic. This is mm-hmm. uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, who's just killing it on every aspect. Um, and he's the one that dressed up in a uh, Trump uh, costume at one of the conservative events. And I think it was CPAC. And, and, and then he's got Giuliani. He always manages to catch someone. He's, he's actually caught Trump and, and sort of zing them. And I, I love this kind of pranking. I do. Mm-hmm. And, but this one seems really icky and menacing, actually. And of course, Giuliani is saying he was lying down on a bedroom with a young girl after being invited there after a flattering interview to tuck in his shirt because the, um, the, um, lavalier came was taken out i don't right. even understand that I, right. I, I sort of i guess it went down his front shirt and he was talking that's his excuse i don't know i just feel like well, you don't understand was, it because it's bullshit <laughs> it's bullshit you don't lie down to talk. I, yeah. I have been yeah. in lavalier incidents with many people and yeah, they do not i've not had one of them lie down and i've been in lavaliers with people in hotel rooms we're doing tapings and no one has ever done that in the right. history of my lavalier right. so it, it's weird it was weird and i think he was touching himself that's what i think he was doing um but uh, but i don't know who knows if he says that's what he says um and so it's in i don't know i don't know if it'll matter because he's sort of been on the downward slide of weirdness and from his you know america's mayor to this and you know, the fact, the, I think the problem is, is he's such a close advisor to President Trump that 
you're sort of, if you work for, speaking of workplace, President Trump, to have this, you know, randy old goat running, running around, you know, doing weird things. And I think one, well, the one thing people pointed out is it was so easy for Barat, this guy, to get him. Like Russians, the Russian intelligence must be like fantastic. Like this is like the easiest mark in town. And so that's that. That's the area that I'm like, wow, it's absolutely true. This guy is like a walking, talking, uh, uh, you know, useful idiot, essentially. The, I mean, I had a. Well, I'm, I'm curious if you went through the same kind of emotional role that I went through. The first thing was I, I can't stand Rudy Giuliani, and I really mm-hmm. like Sasha Baron Cohen, so I immediately thought it was great and funny, and couldn't wait to see it. And then my next emotion was, you know, when you start this is this was entrapment. This was leading someone to a room under false pretense with hidden cameras, and it's a seventy plus year old man. Yeah. And leading him to a place that was that was very humiliating and embarrassing and he took the bait. And I think, you know, I, the big loser here is America. When we start doing oh, that God. to each other like for this. profit, despite how despicable person on the other end is, he was the mayor of the largest city in America. It just makes us look terrible. It makes us mm-hmm. look terrible. And it was for profit at someone else's expense. And even if you don't like that person, it it does reveal something I think uncomfortable and unhealthy about our society. I, I get that, except this is a guy who's spent the last well, few weeks doing the same then, thing. Then so, my next emotion, my next yeah. emotion right. is that this is a guy who is trying to entrap the children of his political enemies and is spending time overseas in Eastern Europe. And if he is this dumb and naive to what is an age-old method of the KGB, which mm-hmm. is the honeypot, uh, where you just uh, uh, use a young woman to put you in a compromising position, he really isn't. He really doesn't have the faculties or the skills or the discipline or the judgment to be in any way working anywhere near the White House. And it reflects yeah. incredibly poorly on him. And again, nobody – the White House – Greatness is in the agency of others, and idiocy and incompetence is in the agency of others. Look at who this White House surrounds himself with. But the whole thing, it started for me, it started like funny brat. I got to see that. Oh, good good for them. I can't stand Mayor Giuliani. And then the more Mm -hmm. I thought about it, I thought, you know, this just isn't good for America. This is, there's just something very unsettling about this. Rudy Giuliani has been good for America for a long time. Well, yeah, I I, I agree. I don't know. I feel like in this case, especially what he's been doing the past week, which I, you know, whatever is happening with his hard drive and trying to expose pictures of a guy who has a, a, a drug addiction with his pictures, just, yeah, I'm couldn't sorry, happen to a nicer guy. Let me just say, tuck him. Tuck him. <laughs> couldn't happen to a nicer. Tuck him. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. It just, I'm. It's it just too much. It's too much. Too much. What he's been doing, and I get that. I get you're right. It's bad for American. It's stupid. But this is again an age old thing, a honeypot thing, and he has too close proximity to the president of the United States for this to be. It's just okay and feeling bad for him. Uh, he should be never allowed in the White I House. I feel bad but, for him. Know. I feel bad for America. And I worry that this is going to become standard practice for different movies and different versions of jackass Well, Barrett's done it before. He did it with, well, okay, if you remember. If they, start moving, it, it. If, they, if they start moving down the food chain and move to 70-plus-year-old elected representatives everywhere and start pulling shit like this, I don't know. I just don't know if that's mm, healthy. I don't know. 
I don't, I, the fact that they don't know it's Barack, that to me is just That's amazing. That's amazing. After Who all doesn't time. recognize them? Yeah. I know. When he was like in the house with all those people, for I was sort of like, God, do you have any, like, in, what is your information diet that you don't, this mm-hmm. guy is so ridiculous. It's Anyway. And by the way, that's supposedly, that's not the most disturbing thing about the movie. Supposedly the most disturbing thing about the movie is just how ridiculously fucking racist our nation still is. Yes, that is, that. that's why I think he is a, I think he is a, a real, he's, he's. His stocks, you want to talk about, we said, and by the way, who, who yeah. was our loser on Monday or yeah. Tuesday? Who was our who? loser? Who? Who was it? Our loser. You don't, you're not really not investing in this relationship. My loss. <laughs> my loss. I said that no political figure had fallen further faster than Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani, you and did. This happened oh, the next day. He did. I know. Who you, let's find and out. And by the way, I think, I think a person's stock who's increased more than almost anybody yeah. is Sasha Baron Cohen. He's gone yes, from indeed. kind of. And he's already been wise on issues around big tech companies, which brings us to our big story. Yep. Good segue. The Department of Justice filed an antitrust lawsuit against Google, which is a long time in coming. A 57-page filing says the company has violated a series of federal laws to protect their monopoly on search and advertising. They accuse Google of locking up deals with giant partners like Apple, which has been out in the open for a very long time, making it impossible for other companies to compete. Um, as a reminder, Google has about 80% of market share uh, in this space. The DOJ in the United States, that's in other, elsewhere, it's higher. The DOJ is joined by 11 states' attorneys generals. There's issues around this, which we'll talk about. Senator Elizabeth Warren, who has been very vocal about the breakup of big tech, said in a tweet that the DOJ should have gone even further in their lawsuit. I actually would call him saying the same uh, about other tech companies, too, um, but it's a start. So, Scott, mm-hmm. uh, any surprises? What do you think? They get kudos for the narrowness of it because the narrowness uh, increases the likelihood that the punch will land. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. They're starting around. It, it, ha- it definitely has echoes of the DOJ case against Microsoft 20 years ago, and that is they're kind of going after their bundling. And that is mm-hmm. Microsoft used yes. to bundle um, Explore and Office with computer it hardware did. manufacturers and demand that that was bundled onto every Dell computer or what have you. And Google has been paying people a lot of money, whether it's Apple or even like Mozilla. Mozilla could get big time hurt by this. Mozilla gets about $450 million by making Google the default search engine. And and their view is making it the default search engine everywhere has given them a market share and the ability to pay more than maybe the economic terms. So why would Google pay Apple five or six billion dollars a year to be the default search engine, even when that may not even economically make sense for Google? It creates so much market share and so much momentum that nobody ever has the economic incentive or an economic opening to create a competitive yeah. product. Just so you're aware, there are other choices, but they are the default. There's, I think Yahoo is there, my MSN might be there. I haven't even looked in years, um, but they are essentially the default. And of course, you have talked about Apple doing its own search engine, which would, of course, also bring possible antitrust right, action. Right. So um, it's a really difficult thing because some of these businesses like search and advertising do coalesce around one or two people. Yeah. Uh, companies, excuse me, not people. Um, and so, well, you know, people. it is a vi- well, It is people. the same thing. It is people, you're right. They're controlling shareholders people. in both those cases. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but this idea of how we get to some sort of innovation in this area is difficult to think yeah. about. Like, what are the reliefs here? Uh, it, there's, what are the it's remedies? It's hard to think yeah. of remedies. The things they could do, not be the default. Who gets to be the default? Who gets to pick and choose winners here? The government? Uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting problem of what the remedies would be. So I think that's one thing. Two, I, I wrote a column in the Times talking about that this is, you know, this had been going on, you know, the FTC back in 2013 and, and before that, that the staff of the Federal Trade Commission recommended this 
this exact thing when it was less powerful, when it was not, did not have 80%, but had a very large percent of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and the FTC uh, commissioners rejected it, uh, rejected doing this and taking any action and asked Google to make some, you know, you know, cosmetic changes really around the edges. And, and here we are, you know, 10 years later. So what that's one is that the fact that this has taken so long for the company that you would have gone for first, which was mm-hmm. Google. Um, but it also sort of begs the question of where, where is Facebook in this advertising loss? Cause Facebook is the other company that has the, uh, the, you know, Google point right at Facebook. If they're not going after Facebook, that's one thing. Two, there's other, many other things that need to be done at the same time. And mm-hmm. it would be nice if this was coordinated in some fashion. Cause it's not one company like Microsoft when it was very easy to think of Microsoft as the Darth Vader of all this. Um, th- this is, a, this is systemic. This is a systemic problem that, n- that this government is not coordinating on across the, across the, the very, the many remedies they have. Um, and then the other thing that uh, really did strike me was that, um, that they didn't, uh, they didn't include all the states, which I thought, you know, in the Microsoft trial, there were 20 states involved mm-hmm. and the states they picked were, very Trump friendly states. And so that's my worry. It's that it's not going to be coordinated across states, across government mm-hmm. stuff. And it's because Bill Barr, credit to Bill Barr for getting, finally getting this through. A lot of his prosecutors didn't want to go yet, which, yeah. you know, people can be too cautious. So the, I worry about the whole thing not being enough and being a slap on the wrist. And then everybody moves on to the same exact situation. Well, that's the fear. The fear is that in exchange, that an October surprise was more important than a legitimate, you know, yes. high tensile strength case. Yeah. Uh, but yep. I, it's narrow. It's 14 states, but all this actually, the, it can expand. The states can take up their own issues around anti-competitive practice and focus on, you know, the ad market where where Google's anti-competitive, maps where Google's anti-competitive. It doesn't mean they're yep. not going to go there. They're about to start. One of the greatest the greatest tools or weapons that the federal government has is discovery. They can begin mm-hmm. now asking for documents, and you know they can go where this takes them. But I, I think this is actually. I think Google's been preparing for this for decades, oh, you're so they gave them right. so yeah. much. Yeah. A, yeah, I know they, right, they are so ready for this, and I bet there aren't that. Google's been very careful for a long. They've been knowing this is coming for a long, long time, and I, mm-hmm. I know inside that they really do are very careful what they say in um, inside of. Uh, inside of the company, what they send to each other, what they put in notes. And so I think it's going to be very difficult. And then, then the issue is who's going to be the search competitor? Who? DuckDuckGo? Who? Mm, the, like search competi- the search competitor should be a recently spun YouTube that overnight responsible yeah, for its own share price picks? launches who its knows? own search engine. I think it's far too late. I think it's one of the things that, I mean, I had an, uh, Tim Wu and I argued on it, but then Jamil Jaffer came onto my side, which is interesting because this it, it what to do is, I think the problem with what to do is that it finally, it's good that they finally did it, but is it too mm-hmm. late? Um, and, and what is the remedy? And that's going to be a really interesting question. And I think it'll be interesting if Biden wins, if this continues in this fashion or if they shift it, whoever the attorney general is, uh, shifts it around. Because uh, uh, actually, no matter who wins, it looks like Bill Barr is not going to be there because he wouldn't prosecute Hillary Clinton, et cetera, and, and Joe Biden. Um, the same thing last night with this weird, uh, this weird announcement by, I gotta say, the DNI, the, 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 whatever, the national security advisor to President Trump, the, um, what's his name? Ratcliffe mm-hmm. really is a political hack. And he, you know, he's like making, like that Iran was trying to hurt President Trump. 
These com- these countries, and then the poor FBI director had to just sit there like, why are we making this ridiculous politically motivated announcement? These countries are hurting our country in order to create um, distrust around the election. And, scary, and, the, and are they just magnifying it? And yeah. of course, he focused on Trump. Like, oh, they're trying to get Trump. I'm like, the whole, yeah. most of it has been aimed at Democrats, by Hillary Clinton, et cetera. It, 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 it was politicized, but they did say your vote counts. And yes. I mean, a lot of this, they were hoping, Trump has been hoping for the same sort of October surprise he's, that he's James trying. Comey, the former FDI director, handed yeah. him. And that is, James Comey did it for different reasons. I don't think he's corrupt. I think he's just such a mm-hmm. radical narcissist that he had some vision of him being so impartial that the cameras yeah. would love him. If yep. he decided to release this memo, and and Trump was hoping for the same sort of October surprise, and the best he got was them to say, "Okay, there is interference," but but the the uh, I forget the individual's name did say oh, Ray who was he did say, "Look, Ray. your vote counts." It, it's just the whole thing. Anytime you deal with these individuals, you feel sorry for them because they're trying to do their job, and the only way they can do their job is to maintain their job, which means giving up all integrity and a, 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 an oath of fidelity. And the whole thing just makes you want to shower. And or well, let me put it. No, except you know Chris what it Rage does? Said it makes nothing. you he, ideally it makes you want to vote. And that's the good news is over forty million people have voted. More people in Texas have already yeah. voted than voted for Trump in two thousand and sixteen. So hopefully this is just another a, a point of motivation for we'll people. We'll see. I just I just I found it depressing. Chris Race tried to say almost nothing because he was yeah. he was correctly saying we're trying to protect elections. John Ratcliffe literally over the past two, three weeks, I, over the past weeks he's the director of national intelligence mm-hmm. really is a hack is a political hack who uh, it, it is astonishing how much he's trying to use this for his, for for Trump's own names and you know you, you contrast that there's some other people in the administration um who uh the, the guy who's the head of national security is going around the country to swing states now like talking about these issues all right. It's just enough. It's enough with the politicization of things that shouldn't be politicized. And, and you're right. Voting is the only way out of here, but we'll see what happens with the, with the antitrust. Where do you get, give me one. What do you think is going to happen with this antitrust, uh, situation if Biden gets in? Oh, Biden will pick it up. This is narrow enough where they can take the ball. And even if they don't like the ball, they'll, they'll dust it off and run with it. And, it might go, I, I, you know, it, this is a long time coming. I think they're smart not to try and have this big grand bargain. I think they'll find stuff in Discovery yeah. that'll help shape the next day. It's coming against Facebook. Google is probably Who's the right next? place to start. Who's next? Um, it is I, the right place to start. Uh, it'll probably be Facebook next. Yeah. It'll At probably FDC. be Facebook. Because there's, there's a lot of consumer sentiment to support or ill will towards Facebook to support. And they have two-thirds of social it just makes. Uh, I think that's the next place. Yeah, probably uh, through the FTC. Yeah, I think well, funding of the FTC it, yeah. would be the thing I would like to see next. Well, you know, one of the most exciting strategies for unlocking growth, and you always like to think about revenue upside, is to go industry by industry and oxygenate those industries. And not only yep. that, to look at antitrust not as a punishment but as a reward. Well done, which gentlemen. we're trying to sell. And when I am head of the internet, I will try to sell <laughs> that as you as my deputy. <laughs> General consulate you, of the internet. Let me say, you would be my deputy, and then you would have a that. Zoom problem, and I'd that. have to fire you spectacularly. I, it's no, going to be I'm great. Not, that's not my brand. That is yeah, not okay. my brand. Not, you don't want to work for the federal government, Scott? <laughs> the feds? Yeah. That's Just not the your facts, brand. man. Right. Just the facts. All right. Scott, let's go to a quick break. When we're back, we'll talk about the fall of Quibi and a listener mail question. And we're back, Scott. 
something that you predicted, we've talked about. After barely six months, Quibi, the short-form mm-hmm. video app, is shutting down. Mm-hmm. Who could have seen that coming? You did. Would you well, like to take a bath? Everybody so says talk hi- about it. hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. I got a call from the CFO of Quibi before it even yeah. launched and said, you have to stop dancing on our grave before we've even been birthed. I thought this made really? absolutely no sense before okay. it even launched. Everyone's saying, well, before the pandemic. I wrote a blog post on No Mercy Mouse called Four Weddings and a Funeral. And I said, basically, Quibi's going to be stillborn. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. First off, what Go we really why you thought it was stupid. Go tell well, us okay. A, a couple. This is what we need: a couple sextagenarians telling millennials what UI UX they need to interact with with media. They don't even understand yeah. what media. That that is just so. Also, great companies start small. They validate a concept and then they almost always pivot to something that's working. This was mm-hmm. we're going to start with a billion and a half dollars. Yeah, it was a little loud. Yeah. If you look at media consumption. It barbells. It's either 30, 10 to 30 second TikTok videos or it's an hour long mind hunters. There was no evidence that people wanted a five minute video. It just, everything about nothing. And also, it just in terms of just, just sheer, sheer fucking math, Apple is providing, Apple is mm-hmm. providing a billion dollars worth of content for every, every 80 cents a month you spend on Apple TV Plus. And Quibi came in to a howitzer fight with a squirt gun and said, I know, we're such geniuses, we'll give, figure out a way to charge you 4 to $5 a month for a billion dollars in content. Yeah. It was a terrible value proposition, a terrible strategy with management that had absolutely no concept of what their target audience wanted. It just, and even, even yeah. at South by Southwest, I went to hear Meg Women and, she, and her strategy was, we're bringing together the best of Sa- the Bay Area and Los Angeles. I'm like, what is that? An In-N-Out burger on sourdough? What, what does that, that even is, mean? That is what that is. It, that would have been a hit. That, that, that sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, sounds delicious. <laughs> There's our business. Now that's a business that's a winner. So <laughs> yeah. it, Quibi wasn't short form video. It was short form business. I mean, yeah. it's hard to imagine. Even WeWork at its peak didn't burn through $2 billion in less than six months. And now the, the lesson here to entre- Hollywood was like lining up to do those deals. You know, Vox Media had one too. I think they did. I don't know. Warner Media it. invested in it. But Everybody the, the good news is, the good news is, especially when you're 69, mm-hmm. the best thing as an entrepreneur is success. The second best yeah. thing is to yeah. fail fast. Yeah. And I always say to people when they, their businesses just crash like fast, I'm like, this is a blessing. I took 10 years to fail at Red Envelope. That That is the worst professional experience I had, not because the experience itself was that bad, but because it took place over a decade. Mm-hmm. And the, the only, you know, the only truly finite resource is time, right? And so right. what if 69-year-old Jeffrey Katzenberg, what if it had taken him 11 years to figure out this thing didn't work? So yeah. in a, to a certain extent, I think it's a, it's a good thing they failed this fast, but this business is a mix of hubris, a mix of... I, I find the whole thing is going to be a fascinating, a fascinating case study. But mm-hmm. rest in peace, Quibi. We barely knew you. Ye. Typically, tombstones that have a, a go from like 2020 to 2020 are very sad. This one is not that sad. This was predictable. So they talked about returning money to their shareholders. Some of the money, I think there's a billion. There's some money left that's right. going back to shareholders. What, they tried to sell it. How do you think those meetings went? Well, you know what the the indication of the fact mm-hmm. that the market may crash here is it supposedly mm-hmm. supposedly they were entertaining serious discussions about selling it to a SPAC. Oh, and I, I do think to their credit, a these SPAC. 
And keep in mind, that's how ridiculous the market has gotten for SPACs. By mm -hmm. the way, I have received... I have received in the last five business days three calls to either invest in or go on the board of a SPAC. SPACs yep. are I've so out of control right now. Yeah. It's My ex called me. Should I invest in a SPAC? I'm like, no. No, you cannot. No. <laughs> um, Megan, how is Megan? Anyways. Uh, she's uh, good. So uh, to their credit, like Meg Whitman and Jeffrey Katzenberg are both class acts. And something that I do think is a class move when you're an entrepreneur, always mm -hmm. save enough money. So you can pay your payroll taxes, be generous with severance, and close the company down responsibly. Because the real rookie move that a lot of young entrepreneurs make just run is out. They literally crash into a wall. Mm -hmm. They enter into consensual hallucination that we'll figure it out. We're having yeah, they discussions. They didn't want those stories. They yeah, didn't want those stories. But that's that's the class move. That is that is quite frankly the benefit of having senior citizens as the founders here. Is they're like no <laughs> How many times are you going to call them old. <laughs> Well, who would you pick to um, – I had that issue with Jeffrey when he brought me the idea. I mean, we were on, having breakfast in Los Angeles. I'm like, why do you think you know what young people start want? A business, no insult. You know, start no a insult. business in Life Alert or, or, in, or in cruise ships oh or something. God. Yeah. Um, or yeah, run for president. Do it every – do it – so be young, two things, run for president. Two things. What happens to all this content? Where does it go? Is it just not ha – what happens to do it? Do we really care? Does Something anyone really okay. care with Chrissy Teigen okay. as Judge Judy goes? Do we really All right, care? Yeah. All right. Okay. And I, I'm some not sure. It wasn't you know, bad. Let I me think just the say agreements was not bad. Yeah. The agreements, they get to uh, take it back. They get to yeah. Keep it I back. think the content reverts to the owners, but everyone talks as if as if the content. You couldn't get. They could, suppose they got like seventeen thousand people to agree to pay five bucks a month for this thing. So clearly, the content, yeah. quite frankly, just doesn't have that much value. So the notion yeah. that it's going to be a big sale. There is too much sale. of other good stuff. You're right. For a lot less money, for a lot less money, if no money at all, kind of thing, which is really interesting. And also, you can just like to take. You know, it's so interesting. Speaking of which, and very briefly, you talk about. What's going on with TikTok and the Trump administration? I think they have until mid-November at least. But, you know, they're just chug chugging along doing kind of interesting content. Like people are doing – and they just removed QAnon from it very quickly um, and stuff like that this this week. And QAnon and white supremacists, they've clamped down on that. It's really interesting that that's what's really great. And, of course, that's what gets attacked because of the Chinese ownership. But it'll be interesting to see what the next content startup is if there's going to be one. There, this has been tried a lot. This is just happens to be big numbers, mm -hmm. Quibi is. But what, what is the, what, where is the next opening for content startups, if at all, speaking of large companies taking over everything? Well, that, that, that's an interesting one. But what have the media companies that have been successful had in common? One, they figured out a way to create media inexpensively by having other mm -hmm. people create their media. And two, they're algorithmically driven. And so Quibi was neither of those things. It was expensive yeah. content that, and the algorithm didn't seem to be offering anything that unique. I, I think I think TikTok is, is just a juggernaut. But again, going back to the Trump administration, talk about a poor allocation of resources. They might... Nothing has happened as it relates mm -hmm. to the Trump administration. I, do, I don't even think this Oracle deal is going to go through. I, I just no. think the whole thing was such a giant – talk about masturbation. This was just yeah. – I, I, I don't get it. In terms of where – now, now, and this goes back to antitrust. Everything's linked back to antitrust in my view. All of Hollywood – this unbelievably huge, profitable industry that basically drives a ton of wealth, whether mm -hmm. it's a gaffer, a boom, or, you know, producers living in the Hollywood Hills, has been featureized. It's no longer in and among itself a profitable business. It's a, a means of a higher NPS score 
to differentiate another business that sells paper towels or handsets, which just kind of mm-hmm. blows my mind. Gosh, and so that's interesting. Well, but think of, it's now yeah. an industry. It's now an industry that should have that has no viable new entrants because a new entrant can't come into an industry where you need an yeah. entry price of five billion dollars and a willingness to lose money for a decade. Who yep. who can yep. do that? The answer is big tech, tech can companies. do that, and no one else can do it. So yep. if you create content, it's great. But as a viable media company, there really isn't yep. any viable media company right now. If they're in the business of content creation, unless they've already made the jump to live speed like Netflix that can announce they're spending the defense budget of Canada on content because they yep. have a stock price greater than the automobile. I, I mean, the whole thing, Tim Wu— And then Netflix Wu, or whoever, all of the ones can suck up all the really good talent. The best thing we could do for our economy, the yep. best thing we could do for our economy what? What? is to have uh, Professor Tim Wu be— uh, special uh, special counsel to the uh, attorney general. That if we go through industry by industry and really look at these things and start deploying antitrust and regulation, you could oxygenate so many industries because you know what? The, the air above Los Angeles is not only orange, the oxygen is leaving yep. because it's a that, small number honestly, of players it's controlling it. own fault here for just ignoring what was happening when they had the power to do something about it. I don't think they're victims by any stretch of the imagination. And this, well, what do you watching, think they could have done? They were, the way they approached tech was so, uh, you know, they just just didn't approach it in the way that needed mm-hmm. to be approached. Like this was coming at them for the longest time, and they had plenty of money and means to do something about it during all those years. They just were like, "This is our great," you know, the whole idea right now of returning to, you know, as you see, I just watched, which is going to be great, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. You know, the press tour for it. They had uh, Viola Davis and uh, George C. Wolf on a Zoom call. Like, it was so much less expensive. It was perfectly fine discussing the movie. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, all those premieres, all that ridiculous dressing up, all that, it's not returning. Like, the you know, they think it's going to go back. Like, going into movie theaters, everything is changed drastically, like in a way that I think they haven't realized. And that is something that they, I think they were, speaking of play acting, play acting the whole industry for the longest time. And it just changed out from under them when it was so clear that it was going to, that this, that that this entertainment business was going to shift drastically. They're not going back to theaters. People are going back to theaters in a smaller way and, you know, you know, much smaller, but could be better, could be a better way. I, I want to go to theaters, but I want a fully great experience because I get a pretty good experience at home. And there's never been better content. I'm, the creators are doing great. Mm-hmm. As far as I, I mean, everything I've seen on TV or movies has been like I saw this um, uh, this Sherlock Holmes uh, sister thing on I think it was Netflix or who, mm-hmm. whoever it was uh, it was fantastic. Everything is really great. Um, it's just that they're, they're the way the system they set up there is just ridiculous. On so many, I mean, it's just like now looks so quaint at this point. So we'll see. So Quibi, we hardly knew ye, as Scott says. Goodbye. What's Jeff Katzenberg doing next? From your pers- what do you think? What would you do if you were him? Uh, he'll be an investor and go on boards. I don't think he'll be. I, I you know, this is ages. I think entrepreneurship is a young man's game. I started an online education company last year, and I just forgot how, just how ridiculously fucking hard and exhausting it is. I think it's very difficult to start a company. I mean, there's research showing that the most successful entrepreneurs are actually in their 40s, mm-hmm. um, but I, which, quite frankly, I don't buy. I just think uh, entrepreneurship, 
you have to be stupid. You have to be too crazy to know you're going to fail. You have to know, have no perspective on life, so you don't want to spend any time with loved ones because the only way you can carve out a niche is to work 24 by 7, in my view. This notion, this mm -hmm. hallmark this hallmark channel vision of a startup where we all have balance and find the right role for everybody. It's Vietnam. If someone isn't adding value, you have to fire them that night. It's cycling through 50 people to get to the right core of 15. I mean, it is really, you did a startup. Uh, yeah. These things are just exhausting and I, I, hard. I agree. I think people a little older have a little more experience not to make stupid drive into the wall uh, things. I did it in my 40s. You're right. I think. Well, that's your board. And that's maybe a yeah. couple of people on your management team. But I still think, yeah. I think entrepreneurship is a young, a young woman's game. Is about yeah, on this game. I think it's, I don't know. We'll see about that. But in this case, they're going to go on to boards, Meg Whitman, the rest of them. Yeah. Good try. Good Supposedly try. Supposedly Meg Whitman is being considered for a, a cabinet post. Oh, sure. She would be. Yep. That would make sense. After her incredible run for governor where she decided we should we should put up a border wall. Oh, but wait, she has an undocumented worker for the last 30 years. And about the moment uh, she decided to run yeah, maybe for not. governor, she decided to fire her. Yeah. She sounds like a yeah. high character person. She sounds yeah, like a high character all right, person. All right. All right. She's not, I don't, I think we're going to get a different Republican. I, what about Mitt? Romney for his Secretary of State. He doesn't have to go to a dumb I think dinner. Mitt Romney is a very decent man. Uh, yeah, would, he voted uh, for. Who knows? I think he voted for his father. I think that he's not saying who he, he said he didn't vote for Trump, which is interesting. All these Republicans shifting over. That's interesting. Oh God, you make it. You're warming my heart. I'm. I don't want to say it out loud. We'll I am feeling don't, really good. Don't, I'm don't, feeling don't really feel good. good. It's going to be a disaster. I interviewed uh, Hillary Clinton the, yesterday, and I what asked did she what, say? What was her thoughts on? Oh, her? you'll hear. It's really interesting. But I did ask her what uh, what she would do in case of a Trump administration, and the answer you'll enjoy. You'll enjoy. I'm going to kind of hold it at that. In any case, she has an answer. Anyway, let's go to a listener mail question. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hi, Karen Scott. This is Jason McMillan from the mountains of Colorado. I appreciated the optimism about Airbnb. Kara, you're right. Airbnb is flawless 99% of the time, which is an incredible achievement for such a seemingly risky structure. As far as the upcoming IPO, I would love to see Airbnb offer a directed share program for their hosts. Seems like a great way to reward the folks who help build such a dynamic platform. What do you see as the risks and rewards for offering this? Thanks, team, for trying to keep the system honest. That's so nice from Colorado. Colorado's talk a lovely a, place. Talk about our great brand, Colorado, a, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, some of it. Mm, not all of it. No? <laughs> There's a lot of anti Oh, well, lots of things in Colorado. In any case. My favorite elected uh, official, Senator Michael Bennett. The Bennett, senior Bennett soon to be there. the Jared Paulus, an ex internet He's fantastic. Person. He's Jared Paulus, Governor Paulus, he's fantastic. I met him when he was selling greeting cards online. Uh, and by the way, so, he was our biggest competitor. Uh, literally, it was Pro Flowers and Red Envelope. He goes on to be governor of fucking California. I'm yeah. here with you. What went wrong? Yeah. <laughs> what went wrong? And I didn't even have <laughs> like a cool masturbation we'll scandal to justify I, it. I, Jared was sort of this little odd uh, uh, with a little briefcase and everything else. He was great. His parents were two hippies. Substance as you is know. the new black in politics. That guy he has was, substance. That guy reeks really credibility. I feel like I, I made him by advising First openly gay governor, I believe. He is, but he wasn't gay at the time. Openly gay at the time, but um, but let me just say, I did I did convince his parents to sell a company, so that's going to be in my book. And and now he is governor. He got the money to do so. They're mm -hmm. great. His parents were great. Um, who started it? Uh, in any case, uh, Airbnb. I didn't say ninety nine percent because I think they've made a lot of stupid errors around parties mm -hmm. and various things, um, and 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 the way they presented themselves to cities when there was clear problems around. Uh, or not no longer, but this was one of their issues. They didn't handle it as well as they could have. But they're, they've been overall compared to most companies I cover, they certainly are. They seem like geniuses. Um, 
so what do you think, Scott? You're, this is your, this is something that you talk about with Uber and everything else. So I, I think that Ryan Chesky would be open to this model. I think the difficulty is in executing it. Correct? I, I don't know, Scott, what do you think? There are several tensions in our society. Like the key to progress is conflict and debate. And there's been several opposing forces where the tension has been really productive in shaping our economy. And it's government versus private sector. It's um, a really unhealthy tension is fact versus fiction, where fiction has become the new fact. And fact's been pressed out mostly by social media that wants to give fiction more oxygen and at the cost of fact. But the the real tension that's gotten out of balance here is um, capital versus labor. And if you think about it, through the 50s and 60s, shareholder returns were awful. And so shareholders showed up and said, we've had enough. And they started uh, conducting activist campaigns and said, you need to tighten up the ship. You need to stop paying your employees, start stop paying your employees as much as you're paying. And you need to stop you need to start returning more money to shareholders. And since then, mm -hmm. the minimum wage has declined on an inflation-adjusted basis, and the S&P has roared. And basically, capital has been kicking the shit out of labor for the last 40 years. And so I don't think we're—I I think it's dangerous to depend on the generosity of strangers and Brian Chesky, who I think might, in fact, put in place some sort of direct share— Mm -hmm. program. But we need some sort of regulation, whether it's an increase in minimum wage, an increase in the power or protection of unions, or some sort of taxation system where if a certain amount of equity or your um, uh, your profits don't end up in the hands of your employees, even if you really wanted to go German, but we won't do that because anything Europe does, mm -hmm. we assume is socialist for some reason. But Germany demands that a certain number of your uh, independent board seats or, or, or a certain number of your employees are on your board. But we need to put in place regulations and laws uh, and a general gestalt in our society that returns more power to labor. We have totally prioritized the consumer's king, yeah. the close second is shareholder, and a distant third is worker. So it, It'll be interesting to see if Brian Chesky does something like this because he's inclined this way. Yeah, you can see mm -hmm. he, he's someone who at least will entertain this when his you talk. His parents you know are know social I mean? workers. His parents yeah, exactly. are social workers. His parents are so nice. I can't even tell you how nice his parents are. They're lovely Are they people. as nice as the polis parents? <laughs> Let's get them all together for a brunch. <laughs> we'll get Jeffrey Katzenberg to come and talk to the them about life alert. The are lovely people, I'm just telling you. Uh, no, the polis has started that company, just so you know. Not Jared, but, I didn't but know he that. was involved. Yes, they were his parents out of that. a van. They were hippies. And he. it was like, if you ever remember that show where Michael J. Fox was on, where he was the conservative and his parents were the hippies. Family that ties. Was the whole, Family ties. That was Meredith the, Baxter that was Bernie. But his father and mother started the company, and 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 let and me guess, you she dragged the Meredith Baxter Bernie out of the closet. She oh that no I did I dragged her out no. In any case, that was a that was a welcome person to come into the gay world. Um, in any case, Brian would be open to this, I suspect, and mm -hmm. I think they're thinking about it in the way Uber never thought about it. I talked to Dara about this many times, and he sort of was said the right things, but didn't really mean it, I think, compared to Brian. I think Brian would think of this. I think one of the things that he is aware of is how much difficulty there is among his uh, super hosts and people like that who are really important to the model. Before, he was sort of more fighting city regulators and hotel industries. Mm -hmm. I think he thinks a lot about uh, a, a very unhappy group of folks who are important to his business, which are the hosts. Um, and so I suspect he's got to think about it. I, it would be really interesting if they put an employee or a host on the board. I think that would mm -hmm. be fascinating. One of their super hosts, someone who's, uh, you know, obviously inclined to like Airbnb. Um, but uh, to me, I agree with you. I think the German model is, is, 
important. It's astonishing that they don't, and I don't, not just one, like they have just one woman or one person of color, like a lot. Like, so you create a board that well, really is truly, half. you know, it's incredible. That's, it just, I think it adds to the, to it create, and it also deescalates tensions that could happen. And, and, and that person does, if you get the right person, takes their job seriously as that representative. And so that would be interesting to put them on the boards. The second is how you give, who you give people's shares to is, mm-hmm. would be very difficult. I believe it was super difficult with, uh, Uber drivers. It would depend if they were, you know, there was a whole employee thing yep. that got sucked up yep. into that. So, um, but in this case, these are not employees. They are not. And so, what do you, how do you reward them in some way? I, I think, I'm sure a smart lawyer could figure it yeah, out. Yeah, I think they could figure uh, it out. Yeah. The, uh, what, it also I mean, gives them a nice sheen for, for people looking to regulate them, for sure. Yeah, and I think I, I, I've, I haven't talked directly to Dara because we just interviewed him, but I've talked directly. One of the wonderful things about when I do these posts is I hear from people, including Brian, and I think Brian is genuine that Airbnb arbitra- does really, in fact, arbitrage these fallow assets, mm-hmm. whereas Uber arbitrages uh, an underclass. And and so the two are just different companies. One of the observations I would have or that I learned talking to Brian when I heard his background mm-hmm. is just as in the 50s and 60s, basically managers had or CEOs had high EQ and they came out of manufacturing, then for a hot minute – they came out of general management, then for a hot minute, then um, uh, marketing. Now the kind of the core uh, domain expertise that funders look for in a, in, a, in a founding management team is technology. And I wonder if that's morphing to another uh, skill set, and that is uh, UX or UI UX. If you think Which about Pinterest, Snap, and now Airbnb, the CEOs all come from a design background. And I wonder mm-hmm. if the technology is like manufacturing hitting a limit in terms of differentiation. And the, the real point of differentiation in tech is your ability to, to create the language of technology, and that's a superior UI, UX, and then, or UX, UI. And because Chesky came from RISD. Yeah, he did. Uh, Evan Spiegel was Stanford Design. Mm-hmm. Ben Silverman was is also a design guy. So I'm thinking, I mean, I'm just thinking about my own in terms of the curriculum at NYU Stern mm-hmm. and for my own online ed things section four. I'm thinking about what is the next wave of skills? And I think I think design is actually going to be, um, you're going to see much, many more people with a background, a hardcore background in design in the C-suite. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where it's headed with that. But I think yeah, that, no, it's that true. Airbnb... He's definitely a more a copacetic uh, CEO than I think he's others, serious sure. about trying to do something around this. He is, thinks about it for sure. And I think he is influenced. I, it's really important. People don't think these people have parents and stuff like that. I think in his case, he's very influenced by his parents um, and his upbringing. Um, and so it's going to be, it's interesting. And I think he's at least aware of it. And let's see if he puts lip service to it or actually but, does something But again, about it. it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous to just wait for the innovators and the billionaires to save mm-hmm. us, right? We need regulation. Yep. No, we need to recognize absolutely. that as a percentage of GDP, as a percentage of GDP, Labor. wages have never been lower. Wages have Labor. never, and look where that's gotten us. It's gotten us to a point where we have to spend trillions of dollars on stimulus because 40% of America doesn't have 400 bucks and has absolutely no protective wear when a crisis hits. We, it's like you pay, you pay now or you pay later. And when you pay later, you pay more. We just need mm-hmm. to make more forward leaning investments. Agree. This is, it could be a very great opportunity for labor at this point to, yeah, to really so. jump back from this. And I think they could, they really could. I think it really is a good example of people. I, I think a politician who really does focus in on labor, like well, Bernie Sanders and others, I think is really, um, there's a, there's a big way. I, it was interesting. I don't know if you saw AOC on, um, 
she was on Twitch. Like she immediately attracted hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah, half a million people. A political star, uh, among among us, the the game they're playing. Um, I, I, she, her language, I think, is going to be very powerful going forward. Things like that, and because it's combined with sort of a regular gal kind of thing going on. Like, here I am playing Twitch. Here I am doing this. Like, AOC is like, she pulled a Disney. She's thinking about distribution. And the medium is the message. And she's Mm -hmm. so smart. She went on Twitch, gets a half a million people and immediately signals. I mean, not only an incredible venue, but she immediately signals to the rest of the world. It seems like such a basic um, initiative. And it's so smart. And you know, no one else thought of it. She gets a half a million people. And what does it say? You see all this press, AOC, Twitch. AOC plus Twitch means she gets it. She would never start Quibi. She would never start Quibi. She would never start Quibi. Pretty sure she's not an investor in Quibi. That's kind of a prediction, Scott. So we'll, we'll do one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. Okay, Scott, we're recording on a Thursday, so we'll have to talk about the debate next week with mm-hmm. one of our guests that we're going to have. But do you think the candidates have learned anything from la- the last uh, shit show, essentially? And I want your real prediction, too. I have no idea. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I was get, I'm less nervous. I was, I was get, I've been very nervous about these debates going in. I, yeah. thought, I, I thought Biden just has so much momentum. I worry there's some sort of some sort of surprise coming. I think you, when you back, it's been a an, lot of surprises. They just haven't stuck. When you have a when you back an animal into a corner, and I th- I think he's fa- I think the president is facing jail time if he doesn't get reelected. So yep. I think he's gonna he's he's and he's not listening to advisors. So I think the opportunities or the willingness or the likelihood that something he tries something crazy are going yep. up and up, and whether that tonight is a venue for Crazy Town. We'll see, but they I'll definitely tune in. They said he's going to joke in. more. They said he's going to joke more. He's going to be more likable? Yeah, that's likeable. not— I don't think his jokes work on everyone, his, like, stupid jokes about uh, about love that's me. That's interesting. And you and don't that. find the president likable and funny? That's a shocker. No. That's you know, a shocker. You know the expression about Hillary Clinton, you're likable enough? He's not likable enough. He's not even yeah. that. He's not yeah. even that—it uh, uh, wasn't a joke. That wasn't a cool thing Barack Obama did. In any case, and Barack Obama, by the way, in his speech. Oh, he's on fire. Oh, wow. He's he, really God, good. I missed him. I was like, oh, look. Yeah, no. The, was so much they energy. In, they've brought in the Marines. The Marines usually yeah, land first on the beach. And he, he's like, coming poked in. at Trump. And he's so, yeah, and he's now no, he's like, really I'm just going to go for it. I no, forget he's, he's forget great. being the dignified Barack Obama. We were all like, waiting. We all knew he was going to show up. We all knew yeah. he was going to show up. Well, he up. needs to show up the next he's two like, weeks. He's like Guns N' Roses that comes out at 11 p.m. for a concert at 8. You know, it's supposed to start at 8. He just built a lot of creative tension. Um, So predictions. Prediction. So uh, I I think between now and the end of the year, we're going to see two or three of the most volatile days in the history of the markets. There are just so many canaries in the coal mine, the least of which is, or or not the least of which, is these ridiculous SPACs, where we've had four times the amount of capital raised uh, today, year to date, in these where they basically betting on people's reputation and all a SPAC is. And the NYSE, the head of NYSE wants to say oh, it's different. They always want to say it's different this time. I would say, rel- okay, so 50% of my friends who don't live in Florida are thinking mm-hmm. about moving down. And I'm not exaggerating, 20 to 30% of my friends are either involved in or raising a SPAC right now. 
Oh, wow. And this has gotten totally out of hand when the markets Indeed. are so horny and so frothy that they're willing to fund management teams without the benefit of a business idea. And the markets say, the market's incredible at supplying ideas and management team and things to buy when the capital is there. And there's too much capital and it's reaching too far into the trough here to try and find um, shares to buy. And I think it's an, an indicator. If you, look at, if you look at SPACs over the last 15 years, they're down on average. Uh, only one in three is above where it went public at. And all, mm-hmm. uh, on average, I think they've returned negative 35% versus the, versus the traditional IPO, which is up 35%. So this is just, this. the canary here is coughing and a big one is these SPACs. In addition, SPACs. you look at okay. you look at uh, the fact we're in a global pandemic, you look at the markets are at all-time highs, you look at the concentration of power, you look at Robinhood, uh, the fact that, that this ridiculous, these story stocks fueled by kids in their basements story with a stocks. stimulus. There are just so many, if the market goes down 10 or 12% of the day, we're going to say, well, of course it did. Uh, so anyways, my prediction, we're going to see we're going to see volatility, the likes of which we haven't seen before, sometime hmm. bef- between now and the end of the year. All right. Well, and plus, remember, Trump will still be president even if he loses for quite a long time. Enough of a time, and he will be uh, it, it, you never, before he quits. It, the thing about crises are, is they never come from where you're expecting. What if all of a sudden um, people say, oh, oh, Biden is going to eliminate capital gains tax. He wins. And all of a sudden, everyone starts selling their stock to lock in yeah. the twenty-two point eight versus the yep. versus the forty percent. I mean, you don't know yeah. what triggers it here, right? But yep. it's like you don't know what triggers a fire. But when you have when you have a climate that keeps getting hotter, you have you have uh, a, a forest that hasn't been burned in a while. You know, a fire is about to the the air is so dry right now. It's just going to take a lightning strike somewhere to really to have a forest fire in the very, markets right now. Very interesting metaphor. Lightning strike. There's still California fires, by the way, speaking of which, still yeah. going on. Um, I think that is a very good prediction. I think that is a very good prediction. And I'm going to make a short one, yes. if you don't mind. Yes, I can't uh, wait for this. They're about I, hear to that, try to, I hear that tone in your voice. I'm sorry, go ahead. I, here's the deal. They're about to shove through Amy Coney Barrett through the— um, Yeah, that's happening. Um, th- for, you know, the Senate is shoving her yep. through to become a Supreme Court justice. She will be the worst Supreme Court justice we've ever had. Well, the good news is she'll only be around for 50 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me just say that the story that uh, that AP just, uh, I think it was AP, just put out about her um, her affiliation on the board for three years of a school that kept out not only gay kids, but kids whose parents were gay and gay teachers. And mm-hmm. she was on the board of a school that did this. She is a shameful, shameful selection. This is shameful over all these years, especially with two other justices talking about turning it. Now, this is a personal thing, but it's shameful that this, she didn't talk about it. She didn't have to answer questions about this, that she avoided questions. She's a shameful person for not, at least if she has these terrible St- views, yeah. she should have said it Stand on her two feet, yeah. Just say what you are and that she didn't because she's a very, she's not like, you know, Clarence Thomas, who really couldn't, is just not even close to her in terms of intellect, um, that she couldn't just honestly say what she believed is is shameful, and and uh, and and the, the shoving them through, throwing her through with this kind of information, which they of course they had, is just she will be the worst Supreme Court justice in in history, and I hope I am proven wrong. Thank you, thank you. 
That was well, they, what was I thought one of the most telling moments of the hearings was they said, "Do you believe?" I forget what it was. Do you believe in a oh sexual preference? Uh, yeah, she talked. They 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 presented with two kind of scientific things, and they said, "Do you believe that climate change is man made?" Mm-hmm. And she said, "Well, you've given me two two examples of clear where there's a clear correlation, but I'm not going to take the bait and talk about something where there's a lot of political controversy." And I'm like. There's not, a, 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 you know, if you ask 99 of 100 climate mm-hmm. scientists, this isn't a controversy. This mm-hmm. isn't, this is science. It's, uh, we, yep. we have thermometers stuck in the ocean all over the world that are registering a heating of the planet. I am not an environmentalist. I think, I, you know, I'm one of these guys that thinks after our species goes out of business, the earth is going to belch for 10 years and then it's going to return to normal. Yep. I've been shocked how fast our water and our air has returned to some sense of normalcy after a lack of commuting. So by any stretch of the imagination, I'm not an environmentalist. But if you can't deny, if or if you try to deny, or you think that that's somehow controversial, mm-hmm. climate change, it, it goes, it all feeds into this. And everyone has avoided, everyone has avoided the following. She has said repeatedly that her work, her legal work, mm-hmm. all is in service of the kingdom of God. Yep. And that scares the shit out of me Indeed. because maybe your God isn't my God. And I, yeah. I just— it really to to use that as to to openly acknowledge that that is what drives you. It's like okay, no, you're serving the Constitution and the con- anyway. I, yeah. I agree with you. She she is frightening. She is right, and she's going to be around say for who, at fifty least say years. Say who you are, so we know. That's Stand on your feet. To me. Stand yep. on your feet. And what you are is is a is a, is obviously homophobic. If you served on a board like that, you are an obvious homophobe, and that is just I'm just say it. Just say what you are, so I can see you. And that's that's what I feel about her. You know, it's on lots of issues, but it, the one that really struck home that, you know, my son was like. Okay, so, you know, my son's a straight kid. He's, as far as I can tell, he's a straight kid. And he's like, that means I couldn't go to the school? I'm like, yeah, that's right. This is this is why elections count. So, anyway, there you go. What are you doing this week, Carob? This week, uh, I'm interviewing a whole bunch of people, first way. And uh, I am going to watch the debates tonight and then work on some other stuff. I'm busy all the time. I have a very angry uh, uh, column about Amy Coney Barrett coming. Tell you that. Can't wait. All right, before we go, you know the drill. Email us with questions about companies and trends in tech and business at pivot at voxmedia.com. It can be anything we've talked about or anything else. Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanes. Fernando Finete engineered this episode. Erica Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks also to Hannah Rosen and Drew Burrows. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back next week for a breakdown of all things tech and business. Go vote! Go vote!